0: Well, I thought I'd just discuss my experience here, and I think you might get a kick out of it, just to show exactly what we're dealing with here. You may not know uh, me. I've been a Buddhist for, well, hardly even call myself that. I've been a practitioner of um, mind training to control our, our experience for many decades. Um a solo practitioner, particularly the last 10 years. I've been so sick. I've been unable to interact, um, even in social media online. And there was a point where I wasn't able to, unable to sit for any extended period of time walk. I mean, barely lie down. Um, so all of my time was spent, uh, with my practice and it was, you know, breathing exercises and, and managing my pain and, and my health, as well as constant, as far as I could, constant mindfulness, right, satisampajana. So in the past week, um, well, not in the past week, in the past year or two, um, I've expanded what I'm researching instead of what I used to, I mean, I've explained this before, existentialism into Vajrayana, Tantra, um, Tibetan Buddhism, but at the same time I never realized I was studying essentially uh, non-dual Vedanta, Adv- Advaita Vedanta, with uh, the Upanishads and the Gita, and just not being fixated on a particular sect. <clears throat> uh, if I were to affiliate myself, I'd probably say Yogacara Chittamatran, maybe even a Madhyamakan Yogacarana. Right, Middle way but uh, mind only type school But two things I've seen someone say Oh yeah yoga car is cool But I don't understand how everything If it's mind only How do I deal with my grandma dying Yeah well, We're not talking Your grandma doesn't exist We're talking about All of your reactions Your outcomes uh, Are managed by the mind right? So your feelings Your reactions all all up there But that's not what we're talking about today. That's one common misconception. But the greater misconception is, um, I've done a great deal of study on the self recently, because that's the position I'm in. If you go and find yourself being able to sustain equanimity and sati, but you want to sustain it in much more difficult circumstances, um, you can do that by navigating the self. This is the first of those fetters we just recently discussed, right? The nature of self or self-inquiry, as they say, because that's how you manage this. So if you're able to, say, navigate the first four jhanas, you've been able to follow your breath efficiently, effortlessly even, you're able to manage um, mindfulness, and once you reach that fourth, uh, they call it that sati prati, it's a long word, but... The fourth jhana just means that you reside in equanimity and mindfulness. But the real truth of it is when you step out of that um, meditative absorption, samsara comes roaring back. And what I mean by that is um, depending on the sect that you follow, and this is why I love that I didn't stick to one particular sect, I found that in the Yogacara philosophy, this is what explained this, phenomena to me. There's something called the alaya vijnana. You don't have to believe in the uh, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, or even eleventh consciousness to understand what they're trying to get across here. What they're trying to get across is if the self is a construct, non-existent, it's upaka, uh, that which operates um, based on, you know, something in proximity, right, Uh, near about, meaning It's a tool you use, for example, say uh, you're walking along the road and you need to uh, remove some mud from your shoes, Uh, you'll pick up a stick, scrape off the mud, and keep on walking. You're not going to relabel that stick as the mud-clearing stick, like, say, the Trailer Park Boys with his hockey stick. It was his um, car-clearing stick. Uh, In reality, it's both. It's still a hockey stick. Um... It's still just, you know, a a stick on the side of the path uh, that you use to clear the mud from your shoes. It doesn't change its uh, inherent nature. So the same can be said for what I'm discussing here, the Alaya Vijnana, the storehouse consciousness, as they say. This is what keeps jumping back up and reminding us of self or where does self come from? They say it's these little seeds, bija, that we lay in this little subconscious or storehouse conscious. And this is where we make these uh, assumptions, these volitions, these um, preferences, this idea of self. When we say a storehouse, uh, it's the storehouse of the self. When we're taught that these chitas, these minds... These consciousnesses are born and die away But these preferences to I'm me, you're you Instead of seeing us uh, As one Lies in that storehouse consciousness So again, so I ran into that uh, uh, Modern science And just in the last, uh, say, ten years or so uh, the study of m- the mind and consciousness has actually developed a theory that is essentially uh, Yogacara metaphysics. Right? The idea that the self is a construct that we use to manage all of this data coming in. So the funny little anecdote that I have is there is a um, arguably supposedly one of the most active and um, serious uh, social medias for practitioners. Uh, Is even called stream entry. And what I find hilarious is uh, what is required for stream entry, right? You should have your morality managed, complete, and you should have limited issues with concentration and wisdom. But most important for stream entry, it's the first three fetters, right? What's the first fetter? Self-inquiry. So don't you find it funny? Here's a social media group that uh, claims to be about stream entry, the first thing you need to manage after, of course, learning morality, concentration, samadhi, and wisdom, jhana, jhana, dhyana, is managing these fetters. First of which is the nature of self-inquiry. Well, not the nature of self. The nature of self and self-inquiry. I find it hilarious. Here I share something that's very important because I'll mention it. One of the uh, moderators in this group asked uh, whether a post about both phenomenology, which is the study of self-consciousness, and consciousness, and Yogacara, which I specifically talked about the nature of self and dharma, being upa upakara, He even shared Vasbandu's uh, 30 treatises, treatises, arguably on the self, and even at the very end, he says, this is what you need to do. You manage your morality, you get your concentration, uh, you're really starting to establish wisdom, you need to manage the self. And then I look at this moderator for the group who asks me, how does this apply to practice? What? I mean, it's pretty self uh, evident, and I go and look at the gentlemen's or what they may be and I look at their profile and they're claiming uh, Dan Ingram uh, again, like I said, this <laughs> the first fetter uh, is ego, uh, so these people who are striving for magical powers, that's not who you're going to for teaching, but neither here nor there it mentions Jack Cornfield as well. And even claim stream entry. Maybe even higher than that. Yet, (laughs) here we see their ego just screaming as loud as day and their absolute and total ignorance to the practice itself. Right? Arguably, uh, the first or fourth step towards stream entry is managing that self. I just find it funny. Um, Right? Because I myself got slapped in the face with it. I mean, the day after I reminded myself that I'm looking for, um, to disprove my theories, to avoid cognitive dissonance, <laughs> uh, I run into another one of the books that this gentleman is quoting, uh, The Mind Illuminated. And within the book, he does mention this idea of the Elijah Vijnana, not specifically, but certainly the idea that the self needs to be managed as well as understood. Same as dependent origination and emptiness. I just find it funny then. I understand now why so much of this has lost its way, right? Because some of the most touted social media... I mean, think about it. Who has the confidence to be able to stand up to someone who's supposedly the admin and claims to be a stream enter and, you know, claims to have read all these other books, but... I don't know. I don't know if he's really read the book. I've seen it over and over again. The only people are these arrogant um egomaniacs that will just scream people uh to back down, right? Very little honest um honesty it seems. And and there is a lot of great people in there. What I mean is is we'll see someone put up saw this recently. Someone put up a post. Again, it's not the same. Uh, It's just social media and when it relates to Buddhism. Uh, Somebody put up a post talking about, why are we okay with so many of these people talking about, you know, magic and gods and all this weirdness? Like, aren't we supposed to be practitioners? Um, You know, and all these people claiming that they can do this and I have the answer to this and that and the other thing. And they say nothing, I find it funny, and that's exactly what I'm getting at. I made sure that my post was strictly, hey, don't you find this interesting? Yoga care, uh, characterizes self this way, and this is how modern science now does. You know, ha ha ha. And I also dropped a little, you know, for me, it was an insight, because um, trying to learn uh, the nature of self, manage the self, and, and get a little further along in this practice. I mean, not looking for for karma, in fact. I have enough of that. Thank you very much. We're all full up. But, um, yeah. I mean, uh, my takeaway from this is, uh, <clears throat> I used to feel so, um, downtrodden or so, uh, disadvantaged because I had such a hard time accessing, uh, knowledge and books. I mean, I even, as I said before, um, You know, between used bookstores, libraries, uh, multiple languages. I mean, I could barely get what I thought. But here, 30 years later, I mean, when it was a wealth, it was a wealth of knowledge that I didn't even realize because it didn't come with all of the baggage. I mean, uh, I see it every day. I I regularly uh, see practitioners asking each other, you know, who do they listen to, who do they... uh, you know, who's their favorite teachers, and, oh, God, I mean, it's us, we're supposed to be our our teachers, I mean, a lot can lead by example, but, I mean, it, it relates to yesterday with, with this, it's a middle way, okay, um, That used to be that absolutely you need yourself a teacher. Because, yes, there's a lot of people. I mean, even I have run into a lot of, like, I've talked about um, having used bodhicitta for well over a decade. And it only takes you so far, in my opinion, because eventually um, you need to start to act a little more selfishly. But that is not usually clearly communicated, even from your vajra guru. But again, that one-on-one can be helpful. But I've discussed this before. It is so uncommon that you're going to get this one-on-one. More likely, you're going to end up discussing it with fellow practitioners. So, add to that now that if your Lama passes, you can still visualize them and remember the teachings. I don't understand that being much different from me maybe visualizing Tsongkhapa and reading what he wrote. Or Daset Suzuki. Or how Red Pine uh, will actually translate the *Lankavatara* and and uh, and clearly share what all of the different translators tried to get across. Thus, I think giving us an even clearer pic- picture of the the message. But here's in this modern world where, like I said, I mean the first fetter is ego. I mean, it is. (laughs) And here I sit, wanting to share my insights because I've used pranayama, breathing, uh, mindfulness to manage chronic illness, chronic pain, fatigue, uh, complex PTSD, and even traumatic brain injury. But what keeps me back is I'm not looking to become a personality. I'm not looking to become famous or even wealthy. I'm strictly trying to figure out, again, having nothing at this point. And happy about that, don't misunderstand. But having nothing and seeing that, I mean, the barrier to entry to even the simplest. I mean, as I said, I mean, you can share all you want in social media platforms, but you likely be screamed down by a number of uh, personalities whose livelihood depends on you not explaining this stuff in a simple direct clear manner i mean i don't know how many times i have heard meditation teachers and again i am in courses that require you to be a you know a decade long practitioner of vipassana having gone to multiple multiple retreats, essays must be written to explain why, you know, and yet when they're in these groups and we start to do discussions, they're complaining about the simplest things, no different than what I hear lay people joining a group um, for the first time or, you know, new to meditation, the same issues it's th- their ego that won't allow them to just be honest to their students and explain that they're learning the same as them. Right? This doesn't get easy; it should get harder. That's the idea. So, on that note, I mean, if you stayed this long, here's a little bonus: we've created a Discord server uh, to study. I mean, what I'm thinking we'll do is we'll start doing some books. So if you're interested, uh, just leave me a voice message and uh, and we can share. Um, I actually have a Discord server as well for, not for the podcast specifically, but um, for what I'm working on here. It's called Dharmasattva. Uh, I'm looking to, not like Advaita Vedanta, but not unlike Advaita Vedanta. What I'm looking to do is I found there happens to be maybe a little disconnect advaita is a little doesn't talk about what you will read in some of the scriptures or the sutras um that brahman can just strictly be the nature of all things right you can put your faith in that idea of brahman and buddhism talks about tathagatagarbha the storehouse of buddha nature as this you know everyone has I think this magical situation we all find ourselves in—this potential to be free but trapped by our own ignorance—it's, yeah, it's 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 an enigma and uh, and an oxymoron at once. I personally think that it's. Uh, anyways, not here, nor there. I chat too much.